Kate. I am going to see if I can use the recorder and okay, do I don't the introduction. Stand right there at it. This is Cassie, by the way. Hello. There's She's like Cassie criticizing. I don't me. think she needs to be three inches away from the recorder. I think she'll be really loud in your ears. Okay. So Grace Kendall is my editor at FSG, and working with her on Gertie has been such a joy because she has been a champion for this book since the first day she read it, and that's the best kind of person to have on your team. I feel like we're working toward the same goal. Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Colby Sharp. In Episode 1 of Season 2, Travis chatted with Jennifer L. Holm and Kate Beasley. They talked about what it was like finding out that they were going to be published authors. Here, in Episode 2, I'm going to share some of editor Grace Kendall's story. My name is Grace Kendall, and I'm an editor at FSG, Books for Young Readers, which is an imprint of Macmillan. And I edited Gertie's Link to Greatness by Kate Beasley. I interviewed Grace this past summer at ALA Annual in Orlando. The interview got off to a bit of a rocky start. I spent way too much time trying to figure out how one pronounces F-S-G. That's an excellent question. So I practiced this in the mirror like two years ago before I started. I think the way it goes is Farrar, Strauss, Giroux. That's the way I think it goes. The other option is Giroux. I think it's Giroux. I think I should start a pool at the office. I mean, there are only seven of us at FSG. Giroux, Giroux, I guess that is just one question we won't be able to answer here on The Yarn. After the whole FSG debacle, Grace and I did manage to talk about some important things. Like how in the world does one become an editor? And what it is like waiting to find out if an author that you really want to work with picks you. So as a, as a young reader... I wasn't actually a very good young reader. I was very slow, um, and I always wanted to be outside. I wanted to be playing. I wanted to be active. I really had a hard time, you know, sitting indoors and and reading my my summer reading list, right? Um, So my mother got smart, and uh, (laughs) she started locking me (laughs) in my bedroom for an hour every morning during the summer. Um, just so that I could get through the pages, right? Um, and that I didn't show up to, to school in the fall, having not read any of my summer reading. Um, so early on, I mean, once I was reading, I always enjoyed the stories. But because I was such a slow reader and really struggled with it, I, I didn't become, you know, I didn't become an avid reader until I was much older. Uh, and the way I... I came to editing was by way of an English major, which is not shocking to anyone, but I was actually a poetry major. I was a poetry focus within the English major. And part of that was writing poetry. And actually my honors thesis was a book of poetry. And when it sort of came time for the reckoning at the end of senior year, uh, my poetry professor sat me down and said, you know, Grace, your poetry (laughs) has gotten better over the last four years. Uh, but where I really see you succeed, where you really excel, is when you're talking about other people's poetry. And that hit me, you know, right in the heart, because I wanted him to say that I was a great writer. But of course, I knew I wasn't really that great. And I knew also immediately 
that he was right. I looked forward to, um, you know, those smaller classrooms where I got to spend half an hour on someone else's work talking with them and brainstorming with them and critiquing them. And he said, have you ever thought about editing? And I didn't know it was a job. And uh, he directed me to the Columbia Publishing course where I went in the summer of 2007. And from there, uh, got an interview at Scholastic. And I worked, I got the job, thankfully, loved it, and I worked there for seven years. I was officially under the Blue Sky Press. I worked for the amazing Bonnie Verberg and the amazing Diane Hess over at Scholastic Press. And I sort of, I worked with the two of them, amazing, amazing editors. So I really had a master class, especially in picture books. And that's mostly what I worked on for them. And as I started developing my own list, I worked primarily also on picture books with Ken Geist and David Saylor, but I also started dabbling um, in novels with David Levithan. And, you know, at the end of the day, when I would go home and on the weekends, I was actually reading middle grade and YA more than I was picture books. You know, they don't take a lot of time to get through, um, as wonderful as they are to work on. And I was just hankering to, to, to really expand my list and my experience. So when FSG came calling, I was a, a, ready, a ready participant. Um, I was thrilled uh, you know, to be working at a house that was such an esteemed backlist. And the job description was primarily novels, like middle grade and YA, and a little bit of picture books. So it was the perfect flip balance for me. I think I received Gertie the, the submission um, on a Monday, on a Monday morning, and the pitch was fantastic. I had just met Emily Van Beek, um, the agent, the week prior at a cocktail party, and she said, I've got something to send you. And, you know, agents say that all the time. Sometimes it works out. Most of the time it doesn't. You know, it's just sort of the percentage. And so I opened it up, and uh, I read the first line. And... I closed the window back down and I responded to Emily and I said, uh, you know, confirming receipt of the submission, I've read the first line and if it continues like this, we're going to have a problem. (laughs) You know, because it was so good. It was just so good. Um, And I, you know, started reading it that afternoon in between meetings and things like that. And that night on the way home, I was reading it on the subway, and I was so hooked that I came out of the subway, was walking through the streets of Brooklyn, and nearly tripped over a construction site. I wasn't even looking where I was going. I was so enveloped in Gertie's voice and Kate's writing. I was, I was charmed. Editors are always taking their work home with them, and it, you know, it's an honor. It's a real, it's an honor to to, to have this job. Um, but sometimes it's, it's really an extreme pleasure. And that's, that's how I feel when I read the manuscripts that I acquire, is that it pops me out of my routine. And Gertie did that 100%. Um, so I sent it, I uh, met with my boss, Joy Peskin, the fabulous Joy Peskin, the next day. And she um, dipped into it for me at the same time we were reading it together. And the following morning, she texted me, I think, at 8.30 in the morning. We were both on our commutes, just no preface, just lines from the, from the manuscript that she loved. And so I knew she was on board. And we powwowed, uh, we powwowed that morning once we got into work. 
and decided that we wanted to try and preempt. Um, so we tried to preempt twice. <laughs> Emily, bless her heart, rejected us, and it, for good reason. She knew it was gonna, she knew it was gonna be competitive. Um, so uh, in the end, six houses competed in an auction about ten days later, and. I think I had at least two nightmares during that period where I, I had very vivid dreams of losing the auction that another house had preempted uh, and we, you know, we had lost the manuscript. But in the end, that didn't happen, thank goodness. The auction for Gritty wasn't very different from many auctions that we have. Uh, you know, at the root of any of any competitive situation is an immediate love for the manuscript. And that starts with me, of course, um, but it immediately shoots up the ladder and uh, you know spreads out sort of like rivers, um, sort of finger lakes and things across the departments. And the, you know, I crashed Gertie onto uh, that week's acquisitions meeting and I just, I pitched the manuscript. It was the first acquisition I'd made at FSG. I'd been there for three months and I was really sweating it because I hadn't acquired anything yet. But Joy and I had agreed that, that I would be patient and I would come with the right thing and boy was this the right manuscript. Um, it was such a no-brainer and a big one. Uh, so I came in, I pitched, I pitched the manuscript. None of the people at the table really knew me. I hadn't been there for very long. But when I said, please read this immediately, they all did. They trusted me. And that is such a testament to Macmillan as a company. They're such an, it's such an editorial company in that way. They just love books. And I was fielding emails from sales reps I hadn't met, uh, publicity people, marketing managers, all of them, you know, telling me how much they love the manuscript the very next day. I mean, these people went home and read it overnight and the enthusiasm just swelled immediately. And, um, you know, once that happens, we can, depending on what the rules of an auction are, uh, we can put together a marketing and publicity vision. Um, we can determine, you know, what advanced level we, we feel comfortable offering. Um, we get a better sense of, of what, what the marketplace will be for that book. You know, the more people who read it up front, the more they know. Um, is this a commercial book? Is this more of a literary school and library? You know, where, where does it sit? And we, feel, we felt and feel strongly that Gertie is going to hit every market. Um, so it was that kind of big book that we were excited to get behind right from the start. the auction went for maybe two days um, and on the second day you know you're getting pretty close to the to the end uh, a couple of houses had dropped out and um, I think there were three of us left at the end and then it was down to two or uh, you know I, I can't remember the details but there was a point at which um, you know I hadn't heard from Emily from for maybe an hour or something, and I, I, we had we had sort of put in our final our final bid, and I was sitting at my desk. I couldn't do anything. I was just staring at my monitor for a solid hour, and the, you know I'd get up and get some water from the water cooler. I'd sit back down, um, stare at my monitor, maybe stand up, look out the window, see, see you know. Uh, look at the line at Shake Shack, 
watch the pigeons fly by, sit down at my monitor. Um, I, I, my brain couldn't function. I was so consumed by this book. In my mind, I was already the editor. I could already see it published. I, I could see me today. You know, I, I knew how I wanted this book's publication to go, and I was so invested emotionally and professionally in the project right from the start. And when she finally called, um, you know, her voice was a slightly different tone than it had been through the whole auction because she has to really play it. She has to play hardball as the author's representative. And the second she said, hello, Grace, I knew that I had won. And I almost, I almost started crying. I was so relieved. And then I started nervous sweating <laughs> because it was, it was going to be a big undertaking. But I was just so honored um, that Kate picked us, picked me, and, and picked Macmillan. I knew we were the right home for her, and I was so delighted that she agreed. So the decision to illustrate the manuscript came from from me. Um, I think I the you know Kate's writing is so vivid and so animated. Um, you know I could see I could see it playing out in my head. Right, this is the the test of any of any great book is that you it just sort of the story comes to life on the page, and I had such strong visuals of you know the chocolate meltdown scene of the sound the sound of a door of a porch door swinging and banging on the way out when when she leaves for school every morning um the the scenes on the bus with junior junior i i could see everything so clearly and to me it it just begged to, to be illustrated and i you know, everybody agreed with me, God bless them. Uh, and we put together a budget and, um, I think I spent three or four months, um, creating a list of people. I had about 20 and, and I had, you know, I had, uh, samples of them up on my, up on my pin board and, you know, I'd shuffle five to this side and six to that side, the yes, no's, maybe's, um, and nothing was quite, fitting together perfectly uh and and then I read this one summer uh which is uh by Mariko and Jillian Tamaki the cousins the Tamaki cousins and I a love the story and I just loved the art and there's this one scene when um of the two girls I think they're I think in the story they're cousins as well or or close family friends um the younger of the two girls is dancing around the kitchen table in their cabin. And there's sort of these musical notes, you know, I think she's dancing to the radio. And the way that Jillian decided to illustrate it was not with a single frame of the girl, but with a series of action frames in the same, in the same panel. And that was my single favorite, single favorite panel, but also one of my favorite scenes in the book. And the way that she illustrated movement with her figures and that per character in particular, I think balanced a very classical illustration style with very edgy 
execution. And of course, she's, you know, she's a graphic novelist, a graphic artist. And I thought, you know, Gertie, edit, you know, if it's, if it's terribly misunderstood, then it's going to be seen as a very quiet literary book. What better to counterbalance that than to bring in, you know, a lauded, amazing uh, comics artist? And Jillian's art just took my breath away, and I felt like it, it, in her, in her, in her actual work, in the line work of her art, I felt the same juncture of elegance and brute force that I found in the manuscript for Gertie's Leap to Greatness. They, when I look at Jillian's art, I have the same feeling that I have when I read Kate's manuscripts. And I, you know, crossed my fingers and sent Jillian an email. And lo and behold, a few days later, she said yes. And a couple of weeks after that, she got her Prince and Caldecott honors. And I felt like a really, really lucky editor. <laughs> and bless her for, for saying yes and, and doing such an amazing, amazing job. Um, everybody on our team couldn't be more grateful. She's incredible. <laughs> My hope for Gertie, I, I want it to be read 20 years from now because I, want, I would have wanted to read it 20 years ago. So it would have been a very important book to me 20 years ago. And, uh, and, I, and I, I hope for the same for lots of other kids out there. Thank you, Grace Kendall. Our theme music comes from the super-talented Philip C. Stead. Additional music from this episode comes from the Free Music Archive. I'm Colby Sharp. We'll be back in two weeks with Episode 3 of Season 2. Thanks for listening. All right, I couldn't let this whole FSG thing go unsolved. I had to call Joy Peskin. Grace Kendall's boss. Hi, this is Colby Sharp. How are you? Hi, Colby. Good. How are you doing? I am good. Kid, you... I am recording this call, FYI. Okay, thank I, you. I think that I have to tell you that. Uh, so I have a, a big question for you. I'm ready. I'm prepared. All right. FSG. Yes. It is... I have no idea how to say it. And I'm, All right. and I'm not sure that Grace Kendall does either, but she pretends like she does. She, yeah, I, I generally trust Grace on just about anything. So I, I'm inclined to agree with her, whatever she may think is the correct pronunciation. Um, I would also like to state for the record that I think there are different acceptable pronunciations. I've heard, I've heard others say um, the word different ways, but I have always felt that the way to say it is Farrar Strauss Giroux. Okay, let me see if I can get it. Farrar Strauss Giroux? Yes. Farrar Strauss Giroux. Yes. Awesome. That is my my official understanding. So is that, but that's not the, there's no official way. That is just your official (sighs) understanding. It's how I've heard it said most often. Most often. 
And it's how I've been saying it for the almost five years I've been here. Okay. And I've never been like publicly humiliated or called out on pronouncing it incorrectly. So I think it's correct. All right. I think it's, it's as correct as it gets. Okay. We're going to officially put this mystery to rest. All right. I think if we can solve one thing today in this complicated time of ours, it could be the pronunciation of Giroux. 